Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to a brand new episode of the Long Lost Heroes podcast. I'm AJ. And I'm Frank. And we got a brand new episode for you coming right up today. Uh, the second episode of The Mandalorian, season two, now streaming on Disney+. Plus. Um, the Ploos. <laughs> the Ploos. Uh, yeah, so, I like how they are posting the Instagram, you know, spoiler, you know, character fo- photo on Monday. I think that's been pretty cool. Yeah, it's better uh, than posting the day of, but it's still like, oh, guys, <laughs> if you haven't yeah. watched yet. You, I mean, last week, I feel like, whoa, that was a big one, but this one, not as much, right? This one not not as much for sure. Um, so, so this is episode ten, the passenger. Yes. Okay. You are correct. Try trying to keep them in my brain. I mean, also like they make sense this year. I feel like in terms of what's happening. Yes, that's true. Um. But... Um. Yeah. So. I think for the purposes of this episode, we're going to skip the little area within which Frank and I generally discuss what's going on. There really isn't very much news I don't really see, um, and we kind of just want to barrel right through this. Before I say that, though, Frank, is there anything else you'd like to say before we headlong launch into this? Uh, I think just, like, spoiler-free, this one to me was, like, eh, okay. Um you know, and if you've if you've watched and as you listen later, you'll probably understand why. Um, AJ, did you like this episode? No. Yeah. Which is kind <laughs> of a bummer. I mean, I think like, you know, we still had a decent uh, length of time in the episode, forty something minutes, but like you've only got eight. You got to move things along. Like I, I just don't. It doesn't make sense to me. Like uh, some people would call this like a filler episode, but also like. You can do that when you've got a 22-episode season. You can't do that when it's short. So um, I, I, I fully agree with you. Uh, we're on the exact same page, the exact same page, exact same space and page yep. when it comes to that idea that this is a filler episode that, you know, is like, what are we trying to fill up? Um, yeah. And, like, I don't want to get into the philosophy of it. I just kind of want to get right into it. Yep. Um, All right. So we're going to go into spoilers now. If you haven't watched, go watch, come back, go. All right. Um, I, I, you know, I've read a couple things on this episode and, you know, some of the pros and cons, and I agree with some of them and, and disagree with others. Like, it's great to see Star Wars on TV. And, it, like, the hype of the show maybe is not as high, like, as last year, but there's still a lot that's really exciting that we're looking forward to. And to... To have to wait a whole week for it and then just be like, okay, this is all we got is kind of a bummer. Um, I I agree, man. Um, it's – well, I'll, I'll say this. Th- to me, I was very excited by the idea of a Star Wars TV show, and it always seemed like, well, what what would distinguish it from being – Star Wars and not from being just any other, you know, sci-fi TV show. Yeah. And I'm going to make a distinction here because I would define that there's, you know, sci-fi TV shows, the genre, and then there's sci-fi channel TV shows, the thing. <laughs> yeah. And, and like the, the main difference for me that like I always kind of felt in the back of my heart was like um, to keep Star Wars pure and to keep it really, uh, in the best hands and use the best way as possible. 
as long as it always feels like Star Wars, and as long as it always feels as special as Star Wars should, you really shouldn't have this problem too, too much. Yeah. To me, this was definitely the first Mandalorian episode that felt like it could have aired on the sci-fi channel. That's a um, very interesting idea, actually. And I'm speaking from somebody that watches shows on the sci-fi channel. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of great content on there. You know, if if you're looking for diversity of shows, like, they're definitely one of the most, you know, diverse networks and have had long-running, really successful, you know, franchises for many, many years. Um, but to me, just the general quality and idea of this show was a big dip from the stakes and overarching Game of Thrones level uh, material that I think we saw in season one. Yeah. Now, I'm totally okay if they had to do this for season two because we have to get Mando to the next planet. And maybe in the leading up to this show, they were like, you know what? Maybe this could be like a 30 minute or a 35 minute episode. But then they saw the information online that people didn't like the shorter episodes, that they were like, right. we're looking for more of an hour apiece. And then they padded it, which why, which is why it feels so, um, I, I guess, so tonally different. Yeah. I um, mean, and like, I don't know. It's I, to me, like, I think even last week there was a little bit of a frustrating element of like, okay, are we going to move far enough along in the, in the plot? Like, and so to have that two weeks in a row and even arguably last season was pretty plot light. Like it just feels like they're stringing us along. And then they like, before we know it, eight episodes is going to be over. And it's like, what actually happened this season? Um, and like, you know, to start off still on Tatooine from last week and, you know, to see, um, I can never remember the character's name played by Amos Sedaris, but like she's still here and then like not even get to your destination is is like is something that happens in Game of Thrones. But like at least you have other characters and other storylines that you're watching. Right. Like think yes. about a Game of Thrones episode that's clocks in at 60 minutes. Sure. You may see Jon Snow like only go <laughs> like from the wall to like you know, the forest, <laughs> right, you're but, right? but you also are watching Samuel Tarly on a boat and you're also watching Daenerys, like make her way across the, the East of sea, you know, the great sea. This is the only character plot that we're following and it just feels light. And maybe we need to expand the cast of characters to feel like the episodes have enough meat on them. I I'm there with you too. And, and I think that's what they're building towards. Mm -hmm. um, what kind of felt you know, I get that the arc that they're, I think that they're trying to establish with this episode is that for Mando, having Yodi around is not as easy as I think he would like to think. You right. know what I mean? Like yep. that he's Yoda is baby Yodi is going to be causing more um, problems and hijinks this year than he's ever done, you know, before. Right. Last I year he was cute. This year it's like he's a child and he's a toddler he, and he, he's trouble. He's right. A piece of shit. <laughs> and. <laughs> Now, you know, I think the two major things that make this episode a sci-fi channel show are the fact that this lady is a frog <laughs> and that she is done as a frog, not unironically, not ambiguously, 
Not as some other version, but she's Mando says I don't speak frog, so there you go, everybody. She's She's just fucking frog, frog. and she like hops around. You know what? Like this episode to me, and you're you're making your reference to Sci-Fi Channel. Like it feels like an animated episode put to put to live action in a lot of ways. Well, it's not even like a a creature that we know before, you know, and like to me, like in. In Star Wars, you can get away with having a giant insect because we saw a giant insect in the cantina. Sure. And if you have another insect in the cantina, boom, done. You you hit all the marks. You're fine. Right. But if you're going to go full frog, like, we, it, it, yeah. to have it, I think I would have rather seen a Mon Calamari sure. or, like, something that made more contextual sense to Star Wars than to go full frog person yeah i don't know it's it's weird and like that's why i'm saying like in in an animated episode you can kind of forgive it but also in one of the animated shows which clock in it like half the amount of time you would still have a b plot and like if totally if you've got you know ahsoka or ezra like running around with this weird new character like you still have momentum on you know other character lines and here it's just like it felt like a little too much but I, I will forgive that there is definitely a correlation between like, there is some character development here and you see Mando, Mando like le- learning and looking at the mother and like maybe seeing a little bit of himself in, in her. And like, they're both caring for these like trials or eggs. It, like I understand what they're doing, but it just, I don't know. It just didn't work fully for me and and i I like that you know we're gonna maybe understand that the mandalorian is finally like coming to terms with like okay i'm kind of a dad here it's like hey maybe the first thing you should do is name the kid and stop just like calling him kid and letting him eat all the things that he encounters (laughs) yeah that could be good to think about you know it was interesting i was curious to see how they were gonna play that out because we saw you know um baby yoda eat frogs last year and i was like oh this will be interesting you know he has eaten these things in the past oh he's he's gonna eat them oh he's gonna eat a lot of them yeah this doesn't look very good no um so you know baby yoda eating the frog larvae i felt a little bad about that i also thought her voice was and i again it was it just wasn't star wars enough for me and then I think the main area where this really falls out of favor for me is the alien spiders. Yes. I think that in the concept art that they showed at the end of the credits, which I always find extraordinarily fascinating, um, I think that the concept art had some more scarier, more Star Warsy takes than this one had than to go with the two goofy eyes on the you know the the web mouth so um just a little background on that so like yeah allegedly ralph mcquarrie had some concept art like this for empire strikes back where he uh they would have shown these big spiders and they are in sort of some of the expanded universe stuff and like they don't exactly look like the ones that showed up on rebels but they're very close and on rebels they were called the krikna so like there is a little bit of like history there and they look so these are these are already in a thing you're telling me but kind of but like the thing is in rebels they um were pretty immune to like being shot (laughs) like they were much more formidable and like 
they had different number of legs and their faces looked a little different, but that may just be like from planet to planet, right? Like you're like, you're going to have different spiders in, in the um, Amazon rainforest versus in your house. So like, maybe it's just a different breed, but like, so they're, they're canonically kind of there. Um, but it's just like, I feel like I've seen this already. And, and like, it's cool to see like the aliens level of it, you know, like with all the eggs and everything. Well, that was definitely what they were going for. Sure. Right. Like you could see in the imagery that when they have the, you know, when you're looking at, you know, the egg field and they're all there just waiting to be rocked. Like to me, that's like a direct allusion to alien, which is great. And like, I'm so there for it. But then if you're going to do that, like, then you have to commit to them being, like, a pretty formidable piece and not just, like, you know, these little, you know, cute things that shoot web out of their face. That seemed weird to me. I know. Um, It's like they were threatening, but also not. Like, you get the feeling that they were backed into a corner and it's like, oh, how are they going to get out of this? But, like, I don't know. I think that the, (laughs) the brass at Disney told them to dial back how cool and scary they looked and to make them look more cute and then... By doing so, they are they become less of a threat, and the stakes aren't as high. So, like, had they been uglier, or you had more involvement with like the Aragog or the the big monster, like you would have had, I think, a little bit higher stakes for the end of the episode, right? And a little, and you could kind of feel, um, you know, the 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 creatures, but and there's yeah. no no one there's no one that gets injured or. Or no. anything like because there's only a few of them and they're all going to survive, of course. But like if you've got red shirts around and people that get stabbed by a giant spider or at least it's, it's some sort of sense of, you know, excitement. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing to note was the so the the frog lady was performed by the same actress that performed Kuwil last season. So I thought that was kind of cool. Um, Kuwil? Kawil was the, um, I have spoken. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so that that was cool. And then the voice of her, which you know was just frog noises, was done by Dee Bradley Baker, who voices all the clones in the Clone Wars, which seems kind of like pretty low bar for him. It's not very fair. It's like, why don't you have him do something cooler than that? Um, but obviously, we had the return of Zero, the droid. Um, his voice. And I thought that was a really clever way to have, them it was really good. Finally but I think they should have carried that around. Yeah, seriously. And it's like, you're not going to like be like, my name isn't frog lady, you asshole. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, I know that your little baby Yodi child thing is eating, my, eating eggs. my shit. Yeah. So I don't know. Also like weird frog bath situation. I don't know. It just felt very off to me. <laughs> Yeah, it was a, it was a weird step. Um, <laughs> I, I gotta say that the frog bath was bizarre at best. And, and then um, she like shoots out her tongue to get her her robe, so we don't see her naked because she's a frog. How Jar Jar Binks of you. <sighs> um, okay, um, I think we should just keep moving with like the last, and I think what's like the takeaway here, and that is the rebels and how. Uh, uh, me- uh, uh, Din Jaren interacts with the rebels is very telling. Yeah. So the crux of the you know the expositional part of the plot here is that uh, Amy Sedaris's character has a frog lady who needs to get her eggs to a different planet. They can't travel at light speed because she's afraid that the eggs will die. Um, in return, the frog lady says that Mando will re will be reunited with his clan of other Mandalorians. 
To which he says, okay, so traveling sub-light is not something that we really deal with a ton in Star Wars, um, right. at least in the movies. Um, but here uh, we see kind of how it's a different way to get around, especially if you're going, you know, in the outer rim, you know, system to system. Yeah. It's weird. Cause like he just plots a course. He's like, I'm going to take a nap. <laughs> yeah. He, he, we, you know, and, and that seems interesting. And then as they're in, um, as they're traveling, they kind of get pulled over by X-Wings. Yeah. Um, and this was, a, it, that was Filoni again, right? It was Filoni again. So we, uh, portraying, I guess, the same character who was in the heist episode last season. I think that's cool, but it's also like, how many times are we going to, is he going to be like a full character? <laughs> like, yeah. What is he, what are the, what are your plans, sir? <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and so, then the other guy was, um, I don't know the actor's name, but he's famous from King, Kim's Convenience. So it's like, I know his face. <laughs> oh, so, interesting. So again, they're they're bringing in people. They're, that that's one thing about this show that they've done constantly is have these cameos and, you know, give give their friends a moment in the spotlight, which is kind of cool. But also like, you know, like uh, th these are just like two pilots that happen. And like I, I think what's cool though is like the the implications, right? So like he w did all these things last season, and they're like, you know what? We appreciate it. We're gonna like let you go but we're not going to help you fix your ship. Like, yeah, that was an interesting uh, turn. Yeah. I thought it was two things I thought were significant. First was that Mando knew to say, may the force be with you to them ah. and to like be in on their side and like, even like make a joke out of it, which I thought was interesting, but he doesn't know anything about Jedi. I, I guess that transcends Jedi. I don't, well, I, don't I think know. everybody knows what the force is. Okay. Right. Like the force is like the religion. So like, you know what that is, but like he's just not, you know, he's just not as traveled as the rest of the world. You I know? know, it's a little fuzzy to me that like he's amazed by the fact that Yodi can move objects with his mind, and that there's this ancient religion that he doesn't know anything about. But he says more that may the force be with you. I guess it's like big enough in the, uh, you know, the galaxy now because of the the efforts of the rebellion. I don't know. Sure. I, I, I don't know, man. Um, now, like, here we are, like, and the rebels just kind of leave him, you know, say, fuck you. Good luck. Goodbye. It's like we rescue you. You're like, we're going to kill all these spiders, and but we're not going to help you off this planet. I don't know how I feel about that. Like, that's not a, a great picture of uh, the New uh, Republic, but obviously we know later on the New Republic isn't all that it's cracked up to be anyway, so... Sure. It's got to be um, some kind of foreshadowing for how the Republic deals with, you know, their shit in this part of the time period. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they're trying to set up that they're not on the up and up, that they are doing something nefarious or that they're, you know, not as, um, you know, good as they are cracked up to be. Sure. Which I'm welcome to, but I think it was an interesting choice to show it here because, you know, we're still in a world that you know, roots for X-Wings. Like I knew like when I heard the blasters that it was X-Wings, you know, yeah. like outside when Mando is almost dead. Uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think what we know is that they're gonna, well, for one thing, it's crazy that his ship is so fucked, right? Like, yes. Again, like that, that was a big surprise to me. Why the, doesn't he just pack a pod droid? 
He doesn't like droids. <laughs> he, he, should get, he should fucking get one. It'd be advantageous to his at, career. Yeah, at this point, seriously. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fact that they were, like, reduced to the cabin, uh, probably good. He can keep an, a closer eye on the child so it doesn't yeah. eat any more fucking eggs. But I think what we're supposed to assume at this point, and I think they have released, like, the plot description for next week, or this week as we were talking, um, that they will make it to their destination where they will, you know, she'll meet up with her husband, blah, blah, blah. And I think it's the water planet that's seen in, in the trailers. We're going to get some swashbuckling oh, Mandalorian. <laughs> interesting. Um, so I don't know. It, it's, it is kind of disappointing that, you know, and maybe we're focusing too much on like what we see and, and not as much on, on, on the character development, but I think it's just, it's hard. I just don't feel like there was enough really done here. And maybe it's because like, you know, this show is, is led by Pedro Pascal and it's like, he's interacting with a puppet, uh, a motion capture and a bunch of eggs. And like, that's what happens in the majority of the episode. And it's like, how can you really latch on to the things that he's thinking? And, and, and I, I was hoping maybe at one point he would like, I don't know, have like a reflective moment and think about like, you know, like you get those like inner monologues or something to, to show like growth. Um, I think that's something they're going to have to grapple with is like, if you can't, if he's not going to show his face, mm. how do we see him like going through any kind of process? Like to me, like it felt very, uh, I, I felt his frustration through the mask, but I, I could see it being difficult down the line to show that increase or, you know, are that all going to be body language? Is that yeah. all we're ever going to get from him? There's never going to be an articulation of what's actually going on, but yeah. And, and I liked like when, uh, she's like, Oh, I thought Mandalorians were about honor and, you know, doing the right thing. And he kind of like had that moment. He's like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I'll do what you want over there, lady. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, it's like, I think the other disappointing thing, like in terms of, what the child did. I'm trying my best to say the child because I don't know. Oh, really? Everyone keeps <laughs> complaining about it, but, uh, until they finally name him. Um, I think it's kind of unfortunate that we, that Din Djarin didn't see him eat the spider egg baby thing because like mm. to me, and I think most of the audience would probably assume that the events exactly after that were caused by what he did by eating uh, this okay. egg right like and so i was like okay like you yeah you're eating your eggs <laughs> like i could forgive you for that but like you almost like killed us all and our ship is fucked like if he saw like a glimpse of something or i don't know it just it was missing an element um so the last thing to talk about here like this episode was directed by a new director for the show peyton reed who, who's a great director. Who's a great director, and we know him from Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, it just, to me, was like a weird episode. And I, maybe it's not his fault. It's like just the, the the script that he was given, but it's like I feel like they could have done so much more with with his talent, right? I completely agree with you. It's, it was definitely a weird way to go with him. But I also understand, you know, that they are – crunch for time we don't know how the rest of the story is going to impact you know the future of the season 
Um, but at least just from what we can see here, like I, that's why I think they would fare better week to week if they gave the teasers. Yeah. Right. Like even if the episode is kind of a downer, no matter what the teaser will leave you with a good taste in your mouth for what's to come. Oh, I mean, think about it like back to game of Thrones. Every episode yeah. would end with, with next week on and, and you're like, okay, I'm in for that. Like, you know that you're getting close to a big moment. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? I just had a thought, but I no say it out loud. friend. Hold on. Mandalorian is a show. You go. Do you have any other thoughts? Um, I hope that they are going after larger overarching plots of the show. You know, from what we had seen, um, it looks like they're thinking about doing a Boba Fett miniseries, um, mm -hmm. which seems cool, but I don't want them to get too distracted from what's at hand. <laughs> yeah. It seems like Disney is always happy to count their chickens before they've hatched, and... I think that if this episode tells us anything, it's that week to week, these episodes for how little they, how small the seasons are really have to be fucking awesome. Yeah. And people have a lot higher expectations. So like I, if they're going to do Boba Fett miniseries, that shit better be way more cinematic than this bullshit from this week. Right. And that I don't want them to dilute all of the different star Wars projects with shows because the Mandalorian has to feel separate and different enough for it to kind of function on its own. Like I get that they like the idea that they can make different shows about different time periods and, you know, make that really work. But the, the, the reason Mando worked so well last year was because we are still trying to figure out and building that character for eight episodes. Yeah. Like the general arc of that whole season is not, you know, some big theoretical philosophical thing. It's very simple. It's Din Djarin becomes the Mandalorian character that we're going to see. We're going to watch him develop all of his armor. We're going to watch him develop his relationship with the child. We're going to watch him develop the relationship with the other people that he's, you know, in direct contact with. Um, and that's it, yeah. you know, but here now that we're getting to this part of the story and the things that they've kind of laid out, um, I hope that they commit to uh, making that the storytelling a central um, aspect of the, the show as opposed to the look and feel of Star Wars, which you're not able to capture with what they did this week. They have yeah. to focus on being and I know that they're under, you know, limited constrict con uh, constrictions like they're making this show in a laboratory somewhere, essentially. <laughs> and like the fact that they were able to make the first episode, you know, I imagine um, partly during COVID, like that's crazy. That's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, but if this is, but if the next episode is what we're really going to be expecting from week to week, um, I think that they need to make sure that they know what they're doing over there and not start developing projects around some of their most beloved iconic characters that they're not going to be able to right. deliver on. And, and like, and that's a great point. Like you said for Boba Fett, but that also applies to Obi-Wan, right? Like, they're saying that, oh, in a huge, in a, in a even more so, right? Because like they're already saying that that's a six episode season, and it's like, well, it better be fucking packed to the brim of plot. Otherwise, what's the point, right? Like, there's got to be something worth telling there. Um, so I remembered the thing I was gonna say, uh, which is kind of back to the the point of maybe having a B 
storyline. Like, like Star Wars is known for that, right? Like, you have that Definitely. in the movies. So, like, I know that the the show is called The Mandalorian, and it's about the um, the path that that Din Djarin and the child are taking and their mission that they're going on. But like, we know there are other characters that he's, that have already been introduced. Like I think it would have been super satisfying if this week we saw, uh, Cara Dune and, um, uh, what's Carl Weathers character's um, name? Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers. <laughs> Naturally. Um, oh, Greek cargo. Greek cargo. cargo. Thank you. Like if we saw them, this week and got a little taste of what was happening. Maybe it, it didn't relate exactly to what was happening, but like maybe the aftermath of, of what happened from last season. Cause like that, the, the, the planet Navarro, I think is where they left. Like that's going to be a lot different now. And like to see that with before going there with um, the child and, and Mando could have been interesting. And we, as the audience would have been caught up and you don't have to like explain everything while he's learning it all, right? Like, that might have Definitely. been cool. Um, and then the other thing that felt like a l- another dangling thing was everything that happened from last week where, like, he got the armor. And I was like, if this motherfucker loses the armor, like, 20 seconds into the new episode, I'm going to be pissed. And, right. like, it, he doesn't, but it also doesn't play into the episode at all. So, like, that whole, like battle in the beginning was just for him to like lose his speeder bike and have to walk all the way back to fucking most Eisley, right like that like was a cool action bit but felt like it just was slowing things down and when like the rest of the episode like really ground to a halt it was just like just not not good i don't know maybe we're too negative but maybe our expert expectations are really high for this thing but they they're supposed to be high right? for this thing. It's yeah. it's Star Wars the TV show and we're not you know we're not tuning in and going to be doing a podcast about some not good show. It's got to look it's got to look good and and it's got to feel good and and this episode I think you know they get one. You get one episode like this and I hope that they used it well because now we got to do some more plot lifting. We got to start looking at it, the next part of what the end series is going to be about. So to me, this episode could have came out last week. Maybe it would have been a better move, mm. but okay. They get one. They get one. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Cause like, we're not going to cancel the podcast. Uh, <laughs> no discussions about it until no, we have at least three more episodes <laughs> like this in a row. If we get three more episodes like this of this quality, you know, in a row or within quick sequence of each other, we will, we'll discuss. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and we, we, uh, have already said and have discussed our, um, uh, disappointment with the rise of Skywalker and the way the movies ended up. And so, yeah, if- the, that piece of shit, like I'm so excited to watch them again in 4k. Yeah. But the one thing you can't do with the new trilogy is watch them in like one good sitting. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's even in the past there. Yeah. Even in the past, you could probably watch four and five, or you could watch five and six, or you could watch. I remember in high school watching all six movies in a day with a group of friends. Like that was fun. Like, yeah, that was fun. If you were to watch seven, eight, and nine within the course of the time it takes to watch them all back to back to back, 
you would be one confused and like angry <laughs> motherfucker. Like, they're like, what? What? <laughs> they, what? Yeah. You know? Well, we haven't done it. And I, I still have yet to return to them since the mo- the newest movie came out. Like, and they're all on Disney Plus. I've watched all the others since then. I think it speaks really largely to what the film became in that The Last Jedi, there's like three different ways to watch the movie. You can watch it in black and white. You can watch it in uh, without the the talking. You can just watch it with the John Williams score. Or you could watch it with the audio commentary. On the for home version that they released this past year, you get to watch it the regular way. <laughs> You know, like they're not like there's no behind the scenes content that's really mind bending. There's no any there's nothing that gives you any answers. Right. And to me, this like that movie is going to age so poorly. Yeah. You know, like it's it really is. It really is sad. Like and because we're it's and not even because we're such big fans of The Last Jedi, because we're such big fans of Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like you needed to. Like the idea that they didn't like have the i like the fucking three movie arc like in 2012 when they started making the movies when they bought the goddamn thing like, like it's, <laughs> it's fucking absurd like like the idea yeah. that they are looking at what Marvel has done and they're making a financial decision based on what Marvel was able to do but yet didn't follow like the fundamental one law of physics that Kevin Feige had which is have a fucking plan yeah. Like, well, that's so crazy. And to me, so, like, the, my main point on this is that last year when The Mandalorian came out, the hype was huge. We're still going in. And we had this and The Rise of Skywalker coming out at the same time. And we were able to say, you know what? Mandalorian wins, right? Like, this, they achieved something here that had never been done before. A live-action TV series. All this amazing... Um, technological achievements that they were able to do for TV on a budget. And we can't see, can't wait to see what's next. But the thing is with rise of Skywalker being that like bad taste in your mouth, you're kind of like, Hmm, I wonder if that is the level of quality that things are going to trickle into. And like, you get an episode like this and you start to wonder and you're like, man, I, I really hope that this is their McGuff or their Mulligan rather and that moving forward, we get back to the high level of quality and that they can put a great product back out there because this is the main thing that we've got going. There are no movies really on the horizon. I know they've got release dates, but we don't know anything about them. The main things that are happening are on Disney Plus in live action and an animated form. So, like, they've got to make it better. They got to make this work, man. All right. I don't know what else to say. I mean, uh, no, we said everything. It, it's it's a great show. This was a downer week for us. Hopefully, next week is back up. Um, you know, we'll be, we'll be back next week with the podcast. Uh, probably early part of the week as usual. So, we're the Long Lost Heroes podcast. Um, you can find us online at www.longlostheroes.net. You can email us at info at longlostheroes.net. Please like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. We're also on Spotify, on Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, Please leave a rating and review if you have the time. We really appreciate it. You can also find us on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LLH Podcast. Uh, This was our episode discussion on 
the Mandalorian episode, uh, chapter 10. Um, anything else for you tonight, AJ? I am so good, Frank. Thank you so much. Thank you, buddy. And we will be back next week. Bye.